Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, are we there yet? Plus, Biz is wallowing, Teresa is back, and we talk to Courtney Inlow about trying to be a superhero during these times. Oh, I know the sound of that woo. Mm. I love that woo. Mm -hmm. That is the woo of a Teresa. That's me. In the wild. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's me. It's me. I'm back. It's me. Wow. Yeah. Hey, guys, what I missed? Uh, (laughs) We've been on vacation. (laughs) All right. Before we catch up with Teresa, let's just take a moment to take a breath. (laughs) That I feel like I need to start adding breathing into this. Everybody, you're doing a great job. This is incredibly hard. Thank you to everyone who is an essential worker. You are all amazing. Everyone in the healthcare industry, everyone at grocery stores, everyone delivering food, restaurants, teachers, 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 teachers. And for all of you who are still staying home to help prevent the spread of COVID, you're all doing a good job, and we see you. I am so happy to see Teresa. <laughs> Teresa? <laughs> on FaceTime. Even though Not I'm in person. Just seeing you on FaceTime. Not in yeah. person. Don't worry. <laughs> How are you, Teresa? I, thanks, Biz. I'm really happy to be back this week. Um, I missed you. I missed all of you. Um, I look forward to this every week. And last week, I it was just physically not possible. You know, we have three kids. They have a lot of needs. One of our kids has had about 10 days of hell, like basically just a lot of, you know, panic attacks and sensory meltdowns and just emergency level freaking out just hour after hour, day after day, to the point where Jesse was unable to work, I was unable to do anything. Like, we, it was just truly, we were just fully immersed in keeping our family safe for a few days there. It really sucked. I'm really glad to report <laughs> that even though things continue to be challenging, we are definitely on the other end of that and it seems that way and things have been a little calmer in the last couple of days and we've been able to kind of get get back to paying attention to some other things like you know our two other kids I I just felt it worth sharing that I really feel that it's important to stay positive right now as much as we can but that being said like every time Uh, we're kind of like laughing and trying to stay positive. 
I think I just I'm also aware that for many people there's moments where it's just really hard to stay positive um, and that we're trying to stay positive in the midst of like real genuine struggle and sometimes trauma and I like I've heard a lot of people saying recently that there that this experience of sheltering in place and this emergency and this pandemic have meant for a lot of people like a lot of just real ups and downs like a day of like feeling like yeah I can do this I can do it I'm on it I can get through this and then like the next day feeling like crushed by the weight of all of this and I just want to say that I just came out of having probably six days in a row of the crushing weight of it where there just was not a time where I felt any sort of can-do spirit. I just felt completely at a loss of how to continue forward. And I know that I can't be the only one. So I just wanted to share that I'm here and I'm really happy to be here and we're okay and we're and we're we're doing it, you know, but that experience of like hearing about ups and downs and not being able to experience any ups is is kind of a creepy feeling. So if anyone else is feeling that way, you're not alone. And I, I just really grateful for this community and this place to be here with you all today. You are doing a very good job, Teresa. Thanks, Biz. And I know. I hear you. Like I I see you. I see you hard if that's a way to be seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can see somebody yeah. really hard. Your vision is just I, slamming up against the wall of yeah, me I am right now. Slamming yeah. you against are just you. Power In seeing fact, me right now. <laughs> When I close my eyes, it's just silhouettes of you yeah. as if I was staring into the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I see you. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, this is this is really hard. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> uh-huh. It's the hysterical yeah. laughter. Last week was awful. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, out of all, as I think I texted you at once, I see you and I appreciate your awful. And I know you won't be mad if I say I am also having an awful time. <laughs> like it's not, there's no yep. awful competition yep. here. I hit the week before I had been like I said it on the show, things feel kind of normal all of a sudden. Like I feel okay, like normal in the sense of I'm in it, I'm here. Look at us getting through it. And then this past week, it, it just uh, all hell broke loose inside my mind. <laughs> like there was definitely by the end of the week, I was having like full on anxiety attack and. The kids, you could feel the sadness starting to really seep out of the kids and stepping. And I mean, we were all bad. And 
I was talking, luckily, it was the same week I had therapy, and we were just talking about, like, grief and that, you know, uh, another thing to be aware of. You know how I like to, like, thanks to years of therapy, identify what may be happening because that helps me at least acknowledge it, even if I can't work through it at the moment. I say wallowing because it's a little, like, You know, Teresa, you and I are trying to come up with the topic today, and part of me really just wanted to spend the entire time talking about what a fucking shit show this is, Mm -hmm. and how sad I am, how low I feel, how tired I feel, the guilt, oh God, the guilt that I am drowning in, right? Like, I, it, uh, 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 the end And even, I'll say it, I'll admit it, even the voice that knows better that says, get me out of here, (laughs) even the voice that knows that I am doing the right thing by staying in this house, that devil voice comes right on in and is like, get out, (laughs) go to the park, right? Like, this can't be real. Right. And I know we're going to actually probably talk a little bit about that and what we're going to talk about today, which is a question I never thought I'd be asking from the front seat of this car. (laughs) That is, are we there yet? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, some people will look back and compare this historic event as a journey, a journey we all went on together, (laughs) journey straight to, I remember back in the day of the COVID-19 when we all got in a car and went straight to hell. (laughs) (laughs) And every time, all of us were just cheering on the way to hell. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) Here we are driving off the cliff together and I like the sense like the embodiment of that statement are we there yet that is cute when you're a kid and you're Mm -hmm. yelling it over and over again at your family on a car trip now I find myself asking all the time in the most serious of questions are we there yet When will this be over? What do we tell our kids? What is summer? Are we at the end of school yet? Are we not at the end of school? Are we there yet? Just sort of is every question rolled into one? And and none of those. By the way, FYI, spoiler alert, there are no answers to these these questions. We don't have like a GPS app telling us the estimated arrival time. Yeah. Put your pad and your paper away if you were thinking you were going to get some helpful notes on this one. <laughs> see, see my earlier statement about wallowing. Teresa, are you there yet? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm I took a time machine into the future oh. so that I could like What's it like? Go outside and get a vaccine <laughs> <it> like? and <laughs> And then I and then I came back just to hang out here because this is yeah. fun too. Well, you like learning experiences. I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, also I didn't want to like really alter the time space continuum mm. or whatever that thing is. If you use yeah. a time machine, I hear that that is a risk. It's tricky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have it down yet. I haven't figured it okay. out. So I want to play it safe. So here I am. All right. Welcome back. Thanks. Um, <laughs> No, I just, one thing that dawned on me in the last few days is I just started to feel like suddenly I felt like we've been doing this for so long now. Mm. Like there was like a time frame where we were all like, what? This can't be happening. And then it was like, wow, we're really doing this and we don't know how long it'll last. And this is different and this is new and let, we got to find the new normal. And now we're a little past that to where mm-hmm. we're like, We've been doing this for a really long time. Maybe like I saw somebody post something somewhere. I think maybe we're at the halfway point or I think maybe we passed the halfway point. And when and do you know what I'm saying? And then people are like, it's I, week I am, seven or it's week, you know, like they're the weird smile, like the like weird, creepy smile that yeah. just came upon my face. Yeah. When you said we're at the halfway point. Yeah. Was the weird smile of. And how did that make you feel? <laughs> Is this cup half full right. or half empty? Well, okay. I'll be I'll honestly, even that's a rhetorical question. I will honestly yes. say that when I read that, I, it cheered me slightly because I just liked the idea that someone out there has a thought about this end. Like somebody knows, <laughs> maybe knows something that I don't know that there yeah. is actually a timeline like that there is actually yeah. a, an answer. And and so even though I know that that's not actually true, when I read that I was mm. like, "Oh, maybe that's true." And then maybe so if we're if we're halfway there like we just have to do this again. You know. I don't right. know. It made me feel a little better even though okay, it was good. it was baloney. <laughs> baloney has a place in your dietary needs. Don't worry. It's true. <laughs> and then so then I also just think that naturally, and maybe this is where that was coming from on the person who wrote that, we naturally have this tendency to like, now enough time has passed that like, none of us humans are really okay with the uncertainty of just hanging out here and not knowing what's next. Like our brains don't really operate that way without like, lots of practice. Yeah. But... We're naturally thinking like, okay, we must be like almost there, right? Like, because we've been yeah. doing this for a really long time now. Like, I feel like yeah. we've like done this. We know how to do it. It sucks. Can we be yeah. done? Have we done it? Yeah. Like. Yeah. I like that. Are we done yet? Like that's. Yeah. That. That's. Like, did we do it? Be like <laughs> the feeling like this next step. Yeah. I'm not going to step on a rock. Right. It's going to feel real good. I'll have made it to the sand part of the beach. Yeah. And it's going to be nice. But the like physical feeling that that conjures up in me mm-hmm. is the like, mm, but are you going to step on a rock? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, is this the, like, that, that 
I mean, uh, surprise, we're halfway there, gave me an initial jolt of, fuck, I want us to be two thirds of the, I want us to Mm. be 10 minutes away. Right. right. Like, yeah. all we need to do is listen to four more songs and we're there. Yeah. Right. Like, I, that's where I would like us to be. And yeah, for me personally, I hate the waiting. I think actually this leads to the next part of this, which is I also hate not having clear answers mm-hmm. for myself or for my children. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't like when the kids and I I don't know if it's good or if it's super sad that my kids just don't ask that much yeah. anymore. I've been pretty straightforward with them from the beginning. They are six and ten, and I've just been very much like we're staying home to help stop the spread. You know, I mean, like their teachers have iterated this and and we are reiterating it. And so when they do ask now, the best I can really answer is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, we know that we need a vaccine. We know that there's a lot of stuff we don't know about how weather affects it or how, you know, um, if you've already been exposed to it or, right? Like we don't have enough information yet to know that it's safe for us to return to even an abnormal life, right? Like that's, you cannot have a play date. And I am really sorry. You cannot physically see your friends. Like that sucks. Mm -hmm. So I, that's about all we have for them Mm -hmm. right like and I I wish I could give them more and I I think there is an unspoken in my in my own brain acknowledgement that that probably adds to my anxiety or sadness or frustration that I feel that I when I have my ups and downs that that's probably part of that Mm mm-hmm because I like to be able to answer questions, right? Yep. I'm not, I love questions. I'm not afraid of questions. I, you know, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to learn. I'm happy to go dig for answers. And there are no answers, really. So that's, I'll turn it to you. I mean, you know, your kids are a little younger or exactly the same age. Are they asking? So... We have, it's kind of interesting, like Oscar and Curtis, the two youngers, are pretty used to things being the way they are right now. They both have moments of, if we talk about a particular person, like a friend mm-hmm. or a teacher, where they really do say like, when can can we have a play date or when can I see them or when, oh, I kind of really miss school and like things like that. But if those people don't come up, they're really used to staying home every day to the point where like if we're going for a drive they're like (laughs) what the what you're you're expecting me to go somewhere we we don't want to go for a walk we don't want to go in the car um and I think that uh, we can come back to this but that plays into added anxiety for me because I feel like the longer I don't have a plan of what to tell them of when this will end 
the more ingrained this like staying home thing will be and the harder that will be to switch gears back to being out in the world and regular routines of school. For Gracie, she it's like it's like physical pain for her to have to be home every day. It's yeah. making her it's making her and she'll say that. She'll say this is making me insane. Like she just yeah. it's she's so done with it. She needs to be out in the world. She cannot it's like it is. It's it's a physical yeah. ongoing <laughs> suffering that is happening yes. to her. Yeah. That is like a totally different so and she does ask. It's every it's every day. It's constant. So it's a very different experience that I'm having with her than the one I'm having with the younger kids. One part that's been really hard for me and in how I relate to them about this timing thing, I think is the timing of summer. So I yeah. think that I think that I'm Grace's summer starts soon. It's in like 3 weeks or something. And that's a good thing because the distance learning is really hard, but the weird thing is I'm so used to, at this time of year, getting the kids excited about what we're going to do in the summer and getting the summer plan set up and figuring out what it's going to be. Are there going to be camps? Which ones for which kids? What are we going to do when we're not doing camp? And, And I have like a summer calendar that I work on. Yeah. And right now, it's like this weird feeling of I keep feeling that impulse to do it. I got to set stuff up. I got to set stuff up. There's nothing to set up. I know. And I know I know people are doing like Zoom camps and stuff, but Zoom doesn't work for my kids. It doesn't. So I'm not doing that. So it yeah. does. It's not. And it, uh, they do it because they have to do it for school. But when it comes to summer, we're not going to be doing much of that. Yeah. And so there isn't there aren't really other options. There's no like social distancing camps that I know of. Mm-mm. Like summer holds so much, summer holds so much unknown that I think is like scarier than the unknown of what online learning was going to be that I don't know how to answer that question for myself or my kids. But I think that's like we can talk about we'll have plenty of time to talk about summer. But like, yeah, my point is, I think that's messing with our sense of time right now. Because there's this feeling like, like there was all this talk about how long this would last. And then it was a really big deal when they were like, the schools aren't going to reopen. And it was like, okay, so we're doing this through the end of the school year. But then nobody talks about like, and the camps won't open or and summer activities are going to look totally different. Right. You know, the public pool won't be open, you know, like stuff like that. That And I know nobody's saying that, but the fact that nobody's saying that and that there's yeah. no and that, you know, the different government bodies are saying different things. But it's like July, maybe July, maybe by August. Yeah, that's it. That kind of means nothing. It just like yeah. means nothing to me. And I don't even know what that would look like when. Do you know what I mean? So there's. It's, yes, because it it's just like the schools. It's like yeah. when they said May, it's going to be April 15th. Right. And then that got moved to May. Right. 5th. Right. And then, like, that got to, you know what? We're just not going to open up. And you know that they were waiting. It always, like, came out 
just so close right. to when it was going to be, right? Yeah. Like, so you know they're waiting. We have gotten the first of the camp emails from camps we didn't even sign up for. We're just on a mailing list yeah. saying we've come to the hard decision. We're not doing a camp, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I'm just waiting for more of those to, like you said, start rolling in. But I'm sure that everybody's waiting for June. To be really sure. To be to really, be really sure. Yeah. Really sure. Yeah. And that's, I'm with you. That, I, I again, there is a logical brain still left in my head. <laughs> yes. And it, it does work sometimes, especially when I'm talking to another adult. I'm like, I understand. But then there's that other part of the brain that's like, oh, just say it already. Just right. get it over with. I would rather just go into this knowing that nothing is on. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is closed. I know. And then you can surprise me. All of this. What will summer be like? What will, when will it be? I Here's the worst part of it, and the is that if if you were to say if tomorrow, all the news channels, all the like people in charge started saying, "Guys, good news, summer is saved. We know <laughs> that you can go back to school on this date, and that camps are cool, and that playdates, ooh, have so many playdates." I don't know how to answer the emotional question of are we there yet in terms of when will any of us feel okay to do it? It's just like your kids. You were saying they're so used to being home now. I've seen the fear of like getting in a car and going somewhere for us already, right? Like I've, the idea of trying to work our way back back in and feel okay ever again. I mean, going forward, even when they say such and such is open and you can go, I joke that if they called tomorrow and said school is open, I would go right now and camp out in front of the school. Yeah. Okay. And you wouldn't check the news. You would just drop your kids oh, off. You just be I like, it must be I okay. Would, It'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I guess they know. No support. I guess they know better. Yeah. I guess they know. No supporting go. evidence. Bye, guys. Yeah. All better. No supporting evidence. I just gonna go mm-hmm. and leave them there. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... That's like a real question that I think we're gonna have to get our heads... I don't want to fucking prepare for it now. I, I'm too tired to, like, prepare yes, for this. I know. But that's there. Yep. That is also a, a place we're gonna stop. Yes. On this journey that we are all on together. Are we there yet? No. <laughs> Halfway. Halfway. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billy. Self-care and routine are always important. Whatever you're using to get ready for the day should make you feel amazing. 
Ding dong! Meet Billy! They've created everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high-performing body care directly to you. No pink tax. No visit to the drugstore. Go to mybilly.com to get their starter kit for just $9. That includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and a magnetic holder that keeps your razor safe and dry in between uses. It is so cute and stuck in my shower at this moment. And just this, just this morning, I shaved the pits with my Billy. <laughs> and they just released three completely clean must-have products to add to your routine. Lip balm, dry shampoo, and face wipes. So get started by going to mybilly.com slash mother to get the best razor you will ever own. Best part, the starter kit is just $9 plus free shipping, always. Go to mybilly.com slash mother. That's spelled my b i l l i e dot com slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's genius and fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling two zero six three five zero nine four eight five. That's two zero six three five zero nine four eight five. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. So, it's been a really long time since I've given anyone a haircut, but it was time and everybody was pretty shaggy. Well, Curtis, we're just leaving shaggy. That's fine because he likes to be Elsa and so it just works better with long hair. And Grace is not a big deal because her hair is really straight and cut straight across. But so I'm really talking about Oscar, I guess. He was getting really (laughs) shaggy. He looked really funny. And I had trimmed his bangs in a really awkward way. So it was just terrible. But it didn't really matter. But I actually like cutting hair. I think it's fun. So Mm -hmm. I started pressuring him to let me give him a mohawk because... I haven't ever given somebody a mohawk and it just sounds really fun and <laughs> who cares because we're at home yeah. and at first he was like I lo- you, you just you please enjoy all the totally inappropriate parental pressure that I applied on my child because at first he was like mm. no I don't want that and I was like let me show you pictures of mohawks and I showed him <laughs> pictures he's like that looks weird. I don't want that. I'm like, okay, it's pretty cool. And then I told Jesse. So then Jesse started bringing it up with him. Oscar, you look really good with a mohawk. And then, and then I told him that it was time to get a haircut. And I think what it turned out was that he just didn't want a haircut. He, so once he knew he had to get a haircut, then he was like, "Uh, you know what? I want a mohawk. Just give me a mohawk. It'll be fun. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And the reason this is a genius is because (laughs) it was just fun. Like, I had fun doing this. It was like, I didn't have to worry too much about it looking perfect or like it came out of a salon. It was just a fun thing. It looks great on him. It totally suits him. He likes it. (laughs) You know, we've been doing like sticking it up with gel and stuff. And yes, I I felt like I did a good job that day. Good job. After a very bad week, 
it was Sunday. <laughs> it was Sunday. And we were all up. We had done our normal Sunday morning routine stuff that we've been keeping to. And Katie has been really struggling. And so here we are, Sunday morning. And I've got a little spray bottle to spray the plants with. And she had it in her hand. And I saw the gleam in her eye as she looked at me to spray it at me. And I said, don't even think about it. And then Ellis started laughing. And then she sprayed me. And I said, don't do that again. And she did it again. And then she gave it to Ellis. And Ellis did it. And there was this moment with the first squirt where I said, whatever I do next is putting a spin on this for all of us. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And so I went with it and mm-hmm. I said, whoa, remember, I'm going to get you back. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you when it's coming. Yeah. And then they screamed and ran off. And then I filled up two water guns. <laughs> and then I hid in her bedroom <laughs> for so long, for so long that they like, they clearly thought I was never coming outside. So they came in. Well, let's just go back to our room and we'll, and they, and I jump out ah! and they're, ah! and then this led to like a hour long water gun spray bottle, full costumes all over the yard, through the house extravaganza that we all really needed. Yeah. And, I needed it, like, real bad, and so did she, and I will not start crying. It was, it was really good. That's uh, yeah. so good. It sounds so thanks. fun. Good job. It was, thanks. Yeah. Hi, Women Bad Mothers. I have a quick genius uh, pandemic-related, which I kind of actually hope this doesn't go away because it's a great idea. Since all of these kids' birthdays and everything are getting canceled and everyone has started doing the drive-by birthday parades, I have discovered that magnetiles hold banners on cars very well. So put magnetiles on your car. Spell out a name. Hold a banner. Works great. Thanks, guys. We're doing a great job. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. I- yeah, this is such a great, like, discovery. This feels like the discovery of, like, oh, I could use this light bulb to light my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, magnetiles holding banners onto cars. I, like, I, I heard this, and I actually ran outside and took magnetiles to see how well they stuck on the car. Yeah. They stick very well. You are a genius. Yes, you are. You're a genius. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay, so Jesse had a birthday. It was like the week before last, I guess. And he does not like cake. He likes ice cream. So mm-hmm. I did what I had done the year before, which was I ordered a box of ice cream from this really delicious ice cream company that delivers. 
-hmm. And it comes packed in dry ice. And I had remembered that last year when we did this, we had friends over to eat the ice cream and I unpacked it right there. And it was so frozen that none of us could scoop the ice cream. And even after it's sitting out for a while, we still couldn't scoop the ice cream. And we ended up having to like microwave it for a little bit to get it softened up, which like isn't the best. Like it's good, but it's like not as good. So this year I remembered that and the ice cream ended up getting delivered the day before his birthday. And our freezer is kind of like full right now. So I told him, don't don't worry about it. Just leave it there. It's going to be fine tomorrow. Like, trust me, it'll be totally fine tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, it's going to be like 36 hours. Are you sure? Because, you know, the box says open immediately. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I am sure. Like, <laughs> I, like, I just I had this like in my I was so confident. I was so yeah. confident. And so we did. We left it overnight just in the kitchen in the box. Yeah. And when it came time to get ready to have the birthday celebration with him and the kids, and I've been talking up the ice cream and everything, it was soup. I mean, oh. it was, it was soup. It was, we could not have it. No. It was oh. not, it was not ice cream anymore. It was soup. No. <gasps> yeah. Oh. That is awful. I felt so bad and so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that'll do it. Yeah. That action will leave you feeling like that. Yes. <laughs> You're doing a horrible job. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I am, I am, look, this is, it's more of a, like, more of a, emotional, mental fail. And it's just, and I know we're all struggling with this. So I'm talking about it like a fail to sort of hopefully try not to think about it like this. But I mean, just the guilt, the guilt of failing at everything, even with all the, you know, water guns and we're getting through school and like, you know, I mean, like there are a lot of successes. Do not get me wrong. And I see them and I hold on and cherish them. But I am still struggling at, like, it's still not being enough or, you know, when I look at Ellis, who has just regressed, has regressed 100% when it comes to, like, me as his emotional regulator and, like, I mean, sometimes I'm like, have we gone literally, like, two years back? Like, (laughs) where? Wow. Right? Katie Bell, I understand she can't see her friends. Right. I understand she needs to be out. And I understand that this kind of thing, this sort of experience can cause depression. But it still doesn't make me not feel like shit for having to focus so much on Ellis and not her. Right. Like, don't did I lead to this because I've just been leaving her to do her own thing. Right. I mean, you know, like, no. OK, like, I get it. I understand. There's the logical side and then there's the not logical side. And that's why it's a fail, but like, because I should give myself a break. And I know that. And we all should give ourselves breaks. <laughs> but like, that's, that's, I'm just, I just hate that I feel that way. I do too. Yeah. 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 
Hi, One Bad Mother. This this is a fail. I want to say that it's a genius, but I think because it involves giving up, uh, it's mostly a fail. Um, my second kiddo, who's about one year old, one years old now, is a kind of a picky eater, but in a gourmand way that he'll only eat like fancy flavored foods and not just like easy shit that I can just throw at him. But what I've discovered is that he will also eat food off the floor, no problem, even if it's the food he like just rejected that I put on his high chair. So what I've been doing is not cleaning up right away. And when it seems like he's all done eating, he won't eat any more of the food I put in front of him. I dust him off and put him on the floor, and then he eats the food from the floor that he just threw off the high chair. So definitely a fail because I'm not cleaning under his chair after every meal or anything, but at least he's eating. (laughs) Thanks. Love the show. As long as he's washing his hands. (laughs) Yeah, as long as he's... As long as he's washing his hands, this is fine. Make sure it's, yeah. I it's yeah. not even I just want to point out that it's the fail that there's more to this fail that you haven't been aware of. And that is that forever your child will think it's okay to eat off of a floor and one day you'll be in public again. People will come to your house to visit for dinner, like a like a relative or your friend or your boss, and uh, you're, you're, your child's just going to be 13 years old eating off the floor. And, and then you'll be like, huh, that's, that's on me. Well, you're doing a horrible job making sure that your child eats food. Oh, well. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. We have a Jumbotron this week, Biz. Woo! Woo, woo, woo! This message is for Kevin Sullivan from Cheryl Sullivan. Da, 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 da. You are amazing. You are an amazing father to our overly energetic and spirited kids. Thank you for everything you do to keep our crazy kids alive and happy and for making us laugh with your silliness. I feel like the luckiest person in the world because you are my life partner. You are doing an awesome job. And I love you. (laughs) Yay! So awesome. Good job, Kevin. Good job, Kevin. Good job, Cheryl. Yay! One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. Both of my kids get boxes from KiwiCo and they have been actual 
lifesavers during uh, this time at home. We are on screens so much for school and the KiwiCo and their different hands-on science and art projects that get delivered every month have been amazing. This is something we can do to actually encourage our kids to be innovators and creative thinkers while they're at home. And each project helps build confidence. There are different crates for kids of all ages, so there's something for every kid on your list. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. Get your first month free on select crates at KiwiCo.com slash badmother. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash badmother. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. Teresa, this week we are speaking with Courtney Enlow, who is the associate editor for Sci-Fi Fan Girls. She has written for Vanity Fair, Glamour, Huffington Post, Rift Tracks, and Bustle, among other outlets. She currently co-hosts the Sci-Fi Fan Girls podcast, Strong Female Characters, and co-hosted Trends Like These with Travis McElroy and Brent Black. Welcome, Courtney! Hello! Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us from a distance. Yes, this is this is very safe, very social. We are more than six feet ever so slightly. <laughs> Courtney, before we uh, get into whatever we're going to talk about today, I want to I want to start with I want to start with who lives in your house. So there's me, and then uh, two small humans. Jack and Julian, they are four and seven, almost eight. She'll be eight in two weeks. And then uh, two dogs. Yeah, what? Oh, uh, and well, then my, actually, I, oh my God, I'm such a bad person. My friend Betsy is living with me right now. Forgot about Betsy. Betsy's going to listen to this. She's going to be real mad about it. Sorry, Betsy. <laughs> she's, she's standing right behind you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, tell me about the dogs. Okay, so there's two dogs. There's Annie, who is about 11, 12 years old. She is a Cocker Lab mix. She is going a little slow these days. Yeah. Because of because of those those Cocker Spaniel hips that don't work great. And then Aggie is a golden doodle who just turned one. And she is bonkers bananas. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) How's how's Annie feeling about the new dog? So Aggie is obsessed with Annie. She will not go outside without her. She is just constantly all over her. Annie very sweetly tolerates it. Oh, that's so nice. It's kind of similar to my human children because Jack is obsessed with Julian and Julian pretty much just puts up with it. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. That is a way that is a way that can work. I feel like yes. like that is like a way for two beings to have a relationship that can totally work. Yes. In fact, in fact, I feel like that may just be the perfect definition of what motherhood is to me. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of people coexisting and tolerating yeah. each other gently. Tolerating. So yep. much tolerating. So 
I'm just going to start with how how are you? And feel free to be as honest as you would like or lie as much as you would like. Has that always been the hardest question to answer or is it just more so lately where it's like, I don't know? I think I don't know is a fair answer. I sometimes when people ask me, I'll say, do you want the playground answer or the like real answer? Like what I mean, yeah, like which which do you want me to to tell you? Because it's yeah, hard there, to answer. There are moments where I'm like, I'm thriving. And then it's like, <laughs> no, I'm just in I'm in crisis mode and my brain has gone numb. And yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's it. We were kind of talking about that at the beginning, just that like it's. The there's a real up and down to this, and sometimes the downs are really long, and yes. then some sometimes the ups are also really long, and I don't know which one is worse because when I've gone for the long up, it is crushing when the down comes, right? Yes. Like that feeling of I've got this figured out. And then you're I, like, so why am I crying right now? Right? Like I have yeah. that I have that long held like trauma response yeah. where it's I have no choice but to be okay, so I am okay. And you just like emotionlessly go through yeah. all of the motions and you actually can trick yourself into thinking like, I actually am feeling fine. I'm doing really well. And then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, I haven't like cleaned the house in three weeks. I yeah. haven't consumed water in three days yeah. and I maybe am not fine. Yeah, that is a really like almost that's a good way to put it. This like the survival mode of every, I I have to this has to be fine right now. Yes. Like if I'm not fine, then uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Big, big uh oh. Sorry, I now have a cat in my lap. Who's helping? Hold on one second. <laughs> I wanna ask about you've 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 shared that your kids are both neurodivergent. What has like distance learning or just even having to stay home been like for you and your kids? Well, with Jack, luckily his his program that he's that he's in was yeah. determined uh, medically essential. So he actually still has been going to what we call school every day. Wow. Um, so it's been and they've been so great. You know, they take temperatures at the door. Um, one day he had a temperature of, you know, 99 and he did not go to school. I immediately freaked out and called the COVID hotline and they were like, does he have any other symptoms? And I'm like, no, it's just this one. But I just read an article where yeah. someone only had a fever and they died. Yeah. So, so right. yeah, it was a lot of that. Um, but it's it's that thing where um, he, even though his routine hasn't super changed, he clearly knows that something's different and he is getting more and more verbal, but he's largely nonverbal aside from like a few like different words and phrases. And so it's like, he knows something's wrong. He can't necessarily communicate it. So what he does instead is just break stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, Which that, frankly, yeah. same. I would also very much enjoy to break stuff sometimes. Oh yeah. No, that, that I feel that often. The, mm -hmm. the I'm like, I wonder what everyone will think standing in the kitchen. If I just take this glass and smash it into the ground. Well, Jack well, knows exactly what's that what yeah. looks like because my God, has he broken so many wine glasses? It's like he's like, this is the thing that brings you joy, and I'm gonna break it. Yeah, um, I tricked him and bought uh, really durable ones, and he tried, and I was like, ha, got gotcha. 
got you. <laughs> I dare you do it again. Please it. don't do it again. Is Jack older or younger? Jack is four. Okay, and Jack then is four. Julian is going to be eight in two weeks, and she is having. So they both are on the autism spectrum, but they are very different in the way that it manifests. I never realized how different it could be. I mean, that's why it's a spectrum, obviously. But Jack is very, I guess, the classic understanding of what I pictured autism to be. And Julian, it more it manifests as uh, really severe anxiety and um, some OCD tendencies. So with for her, she's just really anxious, yeah. just really, really anxious. Her routine has been completely thrown off and she's just she cries a lot. And it's that thing where I, I want to to, you know, console her and be there for her. But it is the same crying every day. And it's at a certain point. I don't know what to say to you anymore. My tiny yeah. girl, I don't know what to tell you. So it's yeah. a lot of that. It's a lot of everyone crying and yelling at me and me needing to lock myself in the bathroom for a few minutes and just yeah. be like, can everyone just stop yelling at me, please? So let me ask you again. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not locked in a bathroom, but I am in my office in the basement where no one can get to me. So you know what? Thank you. Thank you oh. for giving me this chance to lock myself in my office. As I've been currently telling guests, if you would like to just... Uh, pretend that this show goes for like an hour or an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. You are welcome to do that. And then just stay down wherever you're locked in, your closet, bathroom, basement, wherever, and just, just have a little time. That's fine. Yeah, we'll finish up and I'll just stay down here and play two dots and drink my wine. Yay! <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> I want to ask about... The sci-fi fangirls, not just the podcast, it, it's the whole relationship of women and sci-fi. Happy May the 4th, by the way. Yes. Um, I be, <laughs> my husband's like, everyone for at least one minute has to talk about Star Wars today. <laughs> it's like, so wonderful because that's my whole job. Yeah, it's talking. Yeah. It's it's my literal dream job. I just talk about Star Wars and superheroes all the time. It's awesome. <laughs> I must say, I am incredibly jealous. And I, I, I this question is going to be a, a long setup for a question. On my wall is a panel from a DC comic with the Black Canary in it, and she is fighting these shadow shadow demons, shadow people. And there's a scene in which she's been cut. In the side with a piece of glass. And she says, she says, I've got to keep going. You know, like, even with this glass in my side. And for me. <laughs> That's the most relatable thing. That I've is the most relatable life. thing. That is why it is next to my bed. Because in parenting, in, in life, in all the different situations that have been incredibly difficult to get through, I think about her forcing herself to get up and take the next step. And so as a lover of, of all things science fiction, I guess I actually have two questions. One, how has that, has that been a help to you during this? And two, is there an escapism uh, aspect to it that maybe you can share with us? <laughs> You know, it's it's always I think my the stuff that I love most and it's really the whole idea of what sci-fi fangirls is about is 
you know, the the female heroes really influenced me from a young age. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Similar to that Black Canary scene, there's in Captain Marvel, that moment where you just see like the montage of her as a little girl, as a young adult and as a pilot, like holding her fist and just getting up after falling down. Mm-hmm. That just like I that movie came out uh, shortly after I went through my divorce mm. and it was very like my entire divorce. And actually, you know, a lot of my marriage was that feeling of there is glass in my side and I have to keep going. <laughs> like yeah. it was like that's just what you have to do because you've got these these small humans that you are you are keeping alive. And what else can you do? You just have to do it. And so yeah, having all of these, hard. these so many of like the heroes <laughs> that I most connected with, like ever since I was a kid, are the ones who they did not choose this. They do not want to do this, honestly. They want to just be like normal teenagers, normal yeah. people, but they have this uh this duty to save the world. And it's yeah, maybe that's, you know, as I say it out loud, it's like, you know, calm down, court. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it always just it always just helped me. But in a weird way that like there's some escapism in what I do. But then I felt like my biggest uh, areas of of what I write about are, uh, you know, intersectional feminism and uh, mental health. And so I find a lot of the, you know, stuff to write about from that. So like some of the stuff I write about is a is a big, big bummer. And then some of the stuff (laughs) I watch, I watch Volcano and Dante's Peak back to back and just make fun of it. So it's That's really nice. It's nice to have both those things to really give like the full spectrum of my personality as a human. Well, let me ask you about that intersection right there. As we go through, Teresa, one of the reasons I like hosting the show with Teresa is we aren't the same person. And that's a delight. We get to be friends and different and see the world differently. And I remember something that's always stuck out from one of our conversations on the show was when, Teresa, you were talking about this notion of having to pull yourself up and get through it. I was saying also, I was saying that, that that is a cultural idea that like it's yeah. every person for themselves. It's up to us yeah. alone. Like it's up us. to you alone yeah. to do this for yourself. Right. And that that's not right. and that that's not just a fundamental truth about life. It's more of an ingrained cultural belief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time with that because I understood what you were saying. However, I am also like the the Buffy, the Captain America. There's glass in my side. I've got to keep going. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait for these shadow monsters to kill themselves. I've got to get up and keep going, right? Like... So as somebody who has been writing about it and exploring this notion, I've never felt more of that pressure than I do right now Mm -hmm. in this situation that we are in. And so I guess I, I would totally enjoy talking about that, that sort of conflict between pushing through sort of what those messages are in sci-fi and the comic world versus how healthy that is for us in a time like this. Well, it's, I feel like it's funny the way that your brain can work 
And you really do tell yourself like, I, I am fine because I, I am choosing to get through this and stay optimistic and stay positive. And this is totally a choice and not just a lot that I have been um, encumbered with. But then also you're lying to yourself, but also you really believe it. Yeah. And also maybe you're not lying to yourself, but you totally are lying to yourself. And that is just basically like the state <laughs> I constantly find myself in where I am very convinced of my own bullshit. And then it comes around and I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> But either way, you just have to get through it. So, yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to be a person. And that's that's generally what I'm experiencing right now. There's all the various ways it's hard to be a person. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we were superheroes? (laughs) Not I've watched enough. I've watched enough of these shows and movies to know they have problems, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just. I feel like there is something more to this that like <laughs> we can't we probably just really can't solve. But I feel right now a lot of anger towards like our culture in general that that so much weight is being put on individuals right now without acknowledging that like systemically there are things that could have been done or could be done to lessen that load. I'm not saying I'm like the worst off person personally. I'm just saying a lot of people are really suffering individually. And that's been that's been something that has gone on in our country for as long as our country has existed, this idea that it's up to each person alone to better their own circumstances and to survive their own situation. And I think that like superhero idea, and I love Buffy too, by the way. So just going to throw that out there. Um, (laughs) Buffy's the best. Uh, But like, like that idea that like sort of glamorizing the idea Mm. of being able to survive anything and keep going even as we suffer is it's really fraught. Like I I agree with you, Courtney, that like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're lying to ourselves, but also that's how we're surviving. So like, can't really knock that. Like we can't like, obviously we need to tell ourselves something to keep going. That's the choice that we have. But I also I just hate that it's left up to us alone as individuals sometimes. Like, I feel like that's that that makes me mad. (laughs) I I think my entire um, like point of view on this is because I've talked about nothing but it in therapy for for years and years and years is because um, I I have like serious like codependency issues. I was in a very long uh, relationship and marriage with an addict. And so that feeling of. The world is going to fall apart if I don't personally mm. handle everything was very much real. And it's it's permeated everything that I've done since. And so right now, it's when I'm literally having to, like, be a teacher and, and all of this. Like, it is that feeling all over again where it's just like, I am the only thing keeping this world together, mm. this little tiny world that is mine. And if I don't, that everything's going to fall apart. But also that feeling of, but I am coming to it from a place of privilege. I know that I don't have it 
as bad as a lot of people. And so I shouldn't feel bad about it at all. And then it's just this compounding feeling. And I feel like we're all dealing with so much at Mm. once that we've never had to deal with before. And it's like our brains don't know how to process it all. It's just this constant feeling of feelings. And there's so (laughs) many feelings that sometimes you feel nothing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Now that's, that's interesting. The icon of the do it alone. Yeah. There's like this other theme that happens with the suit. I think of Buffy mm-hmm. and I think of uh, just like almost every show that I enjoy. And that is I have to do it alone. And all the friends are like, no, no, we're going to come with you. We've got your back. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, no. No, I don't want to put you in danger. I don't want to. I have to do this yeah. mm-hmm. by myself. Yeah. I can't ask for help because by asking for help, I will lose everything that I love, which is exactly what you're saying too, Courtney. This idea of like, I have to be all the things to keep the world together. And of course, many times the lesson is learned uh, that, uh, yeah, having people help is helpful. <laughs> like, I'm, well, I'm nodding furiously. You cannot see me, but I am yeah. nodding furiously. Yeah, yeah right? Like, yeah. If, we, if we actually let people help us, the hell mouth will close, right? Like, we will exactly. survive the hell mouth. And so, like, I... I Isn't that funny? And I think, like, what I'm... What I'm... Think... What I think that the... Uh, this sheltering in place is shining a light on is is how bullshit that I can do it all. I mean, now we really have to do it all by ourselves. And it's fucking impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I really, what I would not give for a, a babysitter or a relative or a school or, <laughs> or like any of those, those things right now. And... Yeah, no, maybe we'll all come out of this a better superhero by learning that we're not doing it by ourselves. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to sit down and watch 20 hours of Supernatural. Just all yeah. I just want to like, I just want to sit mm-hmm. and no one talk to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And that sounds like an actual vacation. It does. Yeah. 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 It does. Can we convince our kids that they are superheroes and that their superpower is quiet? <laughs> if you if you figure out that way, yeah. the I, only way, the yeah. only way my, we're going to, to to save the world today is to be very quiet. My daughter can be just like quiet and happy playing by herself for hours until mm. I get on a conference call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh. and then she's like, "Mom." Mom, I need you. Mom. And then I mute it. And I'm like, what do you need? And she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, you don't have to ask. You live here. Just go. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Ken Hi. I'm like, you just do whatever you need to do. We are. Just go. I'm not walking you in there. You are too old. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about this all day. With you, because I love talking about superheroes. This has been an absolute delight having you on, Courtney. And I just want you to know that we see all the hard work that you are doing at home, because it's a lot. 
Um, we're going to make sure we link everybody up to Sci-Fi Fangirls and where they can just find out more about you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It was so nice to be on this podcast. I love this podcast. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hi, I'm Lori Kilmartin. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Who are you, Lori Kilmartin? Oh, my God. So much pressure. Uh, I'm a stand-up. I've been doing stand-up since 1987. Uh, I'm a writer for Conan. I've written a couple books, have a couple CDs out, have a special out. Who are you, Jackie? Well, I, too, am a stand-up comic since 1984. And uh, I do the road like a maniac and uh, don't have a cool writing job, but I have four albums out working on a new album. We talk about stand-up. We talk about uh, all the different parts of stand-up comedy. So that's the Jackie and Lori show, and you should subscribe on Maximum Fun if you want to hear that. (laughs) And I would encourage you not to. I listen to reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. You're a comics reader and you want to use a library connected app. You can try out Hoopla. I listen for the author interviews. I'm mad at myself that I waited as long as I did to start reading Joan Didion. They give me reading advice I didn't even know I needed. If you go in person to an event and go up to an author or a filmmaker or anybody and tell them what they you don't like about their work, you're a trash baby. I, look, I understand you didn't like Heroes Season 3. That's fine. I, like, I don't... <laughs> actually need to know that information i'm bria grant and i'm mallory o'mara we're reading glasses and we solve all your bookish problems every thursday on maximum fun oh my god what a delight i just like hearing the voices of other people especially people like courtney (laughs) she was a delight you should really check out uh sci-fi fangirls it's it's just great i as a Woman who uh, has always loved sci-fi and comics, it is nice to hear from others who do as well. You know who I also like to hear from? That's other mothers having a breakdown. Hi, this is Teresa. This is a mom having a breakdown, probably. And it probably sounds like everybody else that's calling with a rant or a breakdown, but I I am so done. Hello, there are some days that I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. And then there's other days, like today, where I just, I can't. I'm just too overwhelmed. I have zero patience. I just want things to go back the way they used to be. I'm sure everybody wishes that for obvious reasons. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even have the energy to list all the things that are making me feel this way. It's just so fucking hard. And I feel guilty for having such a tough time because definitely other people out there who are struggling a lot harder than I am. 
and have much worse circumstances. Yeah, you are correct. That you your call is like almost every other call we get because you are not alone and this is really difficult. Okay? This is we were talking about this in the interview. This is even though we're being asked to do this by ourselves. That doesn't mean you have to do this alone. There are, <laughs> this is an experience that makes us not okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. this is, And you, yeah. you don't have to have, like, a reason or an explanation no. of why it's hard. Because, like, yes, yeah. it just really is. Like, you don't have to, I feel like. It's just hard for everyone. Like you, no matter yeah. what your circumstances are. Yes, there are people who maybe have it worse than you. Everybody has a different set of circumstances, but yes. none of the, like nobody needs to explain why their particular situation is hard right now. It just is hard. Correct. And you know there are definitely resources out there uh, in which people can offer some help. Uh, if if that is a place that you feel you are at, this is really overwhelming. We're all feeling it. Our kids are feeling it. No one is like totally great. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know that? Yeah. Like, like when we're like, this is the week that I've got to be on top of it. Yeah. Right? Like, this is great. No one is like no. on top of it the entire time. No. We are all in this together. You are not alone. You are doing a good job. Okay? You're doing a great job. Yeah, you are. Okay? What did we learn today? I'm just going to skip the learning part. <laughs> I just feel like what we need to get right into is... What is probably should not be the hardest lesson to learn right now, but given given how we have been wired to think over all these years, this is not okay. What we should be learning is that we are struggling, okay? It is hard. Uh, everyone is having a hard time to whatever degree that is, okay? And Every day, every week, sometimes every hour looks completely different than the one that came before it. And I just cannot emphasize enough that you are not alone. If your child is 
you know, breaking things every day. You are not alone. You are not the only person whose child is doing that. Um, every time Ellis sits on me the entire day, I know that I am not alone. I know other people are having uh, separation issues with their kids right now. We're all having sleep issues at times. We're all having eating issues. No Self-care is hard. You are not alone. And I hope that brings some comfort because it brings comfort to me. As always, in our show notes during this time, we're going to have uh, links to websites and phone numbers of resources like the Suicide Hotline, Crisis Centers, how to find a therapist during this time for remote therapy, domestic violence, all of these things. We have these links. They're in the show notes. Um, These are resources to use. No one is doing a bad job by needing to call one. It's like the Poison Control Center. They want you to call. (laughs) Okay? They really did. You're all doing a remarkable job. Ugh, bleh. Teresa, you are doing a good job, and I am glad that you were able to join us again this week. Thanks, Biz. You are also doing a really, really good job. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.